Good morning, everyone, and welcome to worship at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, on April 30th. We're so glad that you are here among us, and we welcome you in God's spirit, whether you're here in person or online. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's take a moment and, and turn to one another and uh, exchange the peace of Christ in our own personal welcome. Hello. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and, and welcome. I got an email from Gary uh, just recently this week that said um, next Easter is his birthday. Does that happen to anybody else? What should we expect in his life? Uh, with that happening. I'm going to look forward to seeing what happens, see if uh, um, what happens when your birthday is Easter. Wow, that's great. Uh, today at, at four, we're having a, uh, a talent show. Uh, it's going to be at, at St. Matthew's at four o'clock, and so you're uh, everyone is invited to go up and, and be a part of, of that fun. I, I want to remind you that um, next Sunday after worship, uh, Jason Surratt is going to give us a presentation on the Lymphoma and Leukemia Society, which he uh, is very uh, passionate about and wants to encourage all of our, um, all of our uh, support of. And so he's gonna give us a little word uh, during the announcement time, and then um, after worship, give us a good uh, program presentation uh, in Alton Hall. So uh, be mindful of that, and let's support Jason in his effort to, to spread uh, the word on this and to build support for this important um, society and the work that it does to battle cancer. It's going to be an, an important time for us. The Bonzes are having an anniversary, and the flowers here are in honor of that. Um, I see Tim in the back hiding in the hall. Is, um, is Nancy with us this morning? Nancy's in Canada with her mother. That's right. All right. Well, give, give her our well wishes on uh, the saintly life of being able to live with you for all these years, right? <laughs> yes. Her crown is full of diamonds for, for doing that. Um, and I want to invite Agnes up uh, to come over to this mic. Today we're having uh, one of our, our big programs after worship, and it has to do with Vanco mobile app. And as I, as I tried to articulate what that was and why it should appeal to us and why she, we would want to stay after worship to do something with it, last week. I felt pretty inadequate to the task. So I'm asking Agnes today to uh, share with us just real briefly uh, why we want to stay and go over and pick up that app or 
why we might want to do it just during the week if we can't stay. Agnes, can you share a word or two? Yes, good morning, everybody. And I want to invite all of you and those online to join us in Alton Hall. We are encouraging folks <laughs> to install the Vanco mobile app. And I want to mention we are having delicious treats and coffee if you come join us. And here are the four reasons, basically, why you want to install this app on your mobile device. Okay. <laughs> He's my Vanna White. <laughs> um, so, who? UMCWV members. What? It's the Vanco mobile app. Why? To stay connected. And where? Alton Hall. Please join us. Thank you. You know, I asked Agnes to say something briefly, and that is just too brief. Why? What, what is this why? To stay connected. What do you mean to stay connected? So that we can all stay connected with each other, we can learn about volunteer opportunities, we can see the calendar of events, and we can, it's kind of like text messaging each other too, or texting a group. So um, we want to show you what it can do. Andrew has prepared a great PowerPoint presentation to walk us through the app and what it can do for us. We've got flip charts, and we've got uh, cheat sheets. So. so this is a little bit better than having a chat room on Google or having a Facebook post or a website because we all can interact with each other, and we're not having other people from other well places in the world um, be exactly. disrespectful to us as we chat with exactly. one another. Exactly. This is just for our UMCWV members. All right. Can I preach sermons through this? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Agnes. All right. So there are some limitations from my point of view, but um, maybe those are good limitations. All right, let's all center ourselves and... oh. I'm sorry I'm sounding so froggy, and I'm going to keep a little bit of a distance, but I did want to preach today, um, but I am kind of under the weather, so uh, sorry about all of that. Um, let's have a go at it. standing for the hymn and the invocation. Open your hearts and minds and lift up your spirits in worship of God. We come to worship the risen Lord and celebrate the power of redemptive love in our lives. Love carries the day. Mercy dances with joy. New life abounds. Praise, glory, and thanks be unto God.
hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Let us pray. Holy and merciful God, as we celebrate the resurrection of your Son, Christ Jesus, we pray that reality and promise would captivate our thoughts and inspire our actions, giving us new life and fresh opportunities to blossom in your spirit. Be present in our worship, and let it be so with us all. We pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I'll let you into our little uh, conversation here. You are helping me out because Macy's birthday, she's five years old yesterday, right? And she came in in a cape. So I went to my office. I got me a cape so I could match her. There's no cape. I'm like, what's up with that? Even Callie's back there in her cape, because, you know, we have superheroes back there. They each needed a cape. Oh, model? All right, I feel better now. So, today is the last Sunday of the month, and it is the fifth Sunday. And we have to tell a secret. I'm not supposed to be. You guys don't see me. But I came because I wanted to tell you about something that I'm going to do as soon as we're done with children's time. Part of my job is to go out into the community, see what the community is doing, see how we can reach those that aren't sitting in here with us. And so every fifth Sunday, I get to go and see what's going on in the community. Sometimes I walk around maybe the farmer's market, or sometimes I show up at a restaurant so I can hear what's going around so that we can learn to invite other people. So there are ways that we get to invite all the time. And I wanted to talk to I think I turned myself off right then. I wanted to talk to you guys about it. One of the ways that we get to form a community is right here in church where when it's a special birthday, people do special things. When we are celebrating Minnie Mouse, that is my favorite. We get to do special things. I didn't mean to call you out and embarrass you, but oh my gosh, I was so excited. When we get together and have a talent show with our sister churches, it's a special way. So you're the only one without something right now. That is our emoji. And that emoji will be used tonight. You want to hold it up so everybody can see it really big? Hold it. For part of the talent show. Because we're going to hold each other up. So we're going to learn to have happy faces and laughter faces and 
other surprises. And the really cool thing, little uh, for the adults, there's still spaces. If you want to come and do a talent, please come, even if you didn't sign up, or come just to support us all. Okay, you can put it down. Unless you want to keep holding it. Okay. So what does it mean to be a community to you? What does that word mean? And adults, you can help because it's a big word for them. What does it mean to be a community? A community helper. So we're people that go out and we help others. What else does it mean to be a community? Hmm. Being together. That's right. That's why we're all going to go sign up for Vanco. That way we can communicate together. Another commercial today. But being a community means love. It means relationship, and it means opening our arms, our hearts, and our minds to others that may be a little different than us. May not worship in our church, but maybe a different church down the road, or not worship at all. Or maybe they are unhoused and don't have a roof over their head, or they're hungry because they don't get enough food to eat. And we are a community with all of them. So how can you guys be a community this week? Anybody have an idea? I'll give you an easy one. Smile at people. Let them know that they are seen. Because then you open up your community to others. Does that look like a deal? You're right. You need to treat people how you want to be treated. So those are great answers. In a minute, you get to go back to Sunday school. I believe you're learning on the Lord's Prayer still today. Tabitha, oh, you guys are going to love that. So let us pray, and then you can go off to Sunday school. You ready? <laughs> Dear God, thank you. Thank you for our kids and our community. Thank you for birthdays and fun and celebration. And thank you for allowing us to also experience the not-so-good times. Bless our kids, bless our congregation, and bless the community that we serve. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you ready? Let's go. Let us pray. Holy God, we pray that you hear the stirrings of our spirit, the yearnings of our mind, and the hopes of our hearts as we join together in prayer with one another this day. We pray for those around us who are struggling with health concerns, mental or physical. 
troubled relationships, uncertain employment, other forms of dis-ease or discomfort. You know who they are gathered here present or in our hearts. We pray for them. We think of their situations. We think of their special needs. And in the privacy of our own thoughts, we lift them up to you now. Come into these lives, Lord God, in a powerful way that helps these folk know your support, your nurture, and your healing. We think of Kathy Drake and Sandy DeLong, Sarah Pierce and Pastor Anna as they deal with the effects of their cancer and their treatments. We pray for their strength and for the strength and grace of their loved ones who care for them. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We think of Janet Todd's daughter, Tracy Morris, of all the physical challenges that she has had and particularly right now as she recovers from shoulder replacement surgery. We pray for the efficacy of that surgery and for her improvement. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for Doris Carmen as she continues to deal with her health challenges and also recovers from a broken wrist. We pray you would surround this dear heart with your loving care and strengthen her family as they love and care for her. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For all those uh, suffering the colds and flus of this season and suffering from COVID, we. We pray your care. We pray for those who give them care and for our medical professionals who continue to stand in the breach. Give you praise and thanks for them. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we shudder, Lord God, to think how violence seems to be the way of our world these days in the Sudan, Ukraine, in many places around this globe and in our own communities here in America where daily we seem to have gun violence. We pray, Lord God, to help us interrupt this circle, this spiral of madness. Help us to find a way to build a more respectful and caring community with one another. 
We pray this all in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, Hallowed be thy name. Kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory.
you. That was beautiful. Our scripture readings today are from the Gospel of John and Matthew. Hear the words of John, chapter 1, verse 17. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Hear the words of Matthew, chapter 23, verse 23 and 24. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For the tide, mint, dill, and cumin have been neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting the others. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Candace. That last, uh, that last sentence of the last scripture reading really is key for this day, that strain on a gnat, yet swallow a camel. Let's keep that in mind. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. I don't know, I'm having a hard time letting go of Easter. I'm just enjoying what I'm calling the afterglow of it. I'm just so much enjoying having seen the sanctuary full once again and all the different faces that we got to have with us, the different life stories of people that were able to, to join and be with multiple generations of people that were with us, of one family and of our community. Very, very exciting. And as a response to the impact of Easter, I've, I've been wanting us to spend some moments to think about um, what do we do with that remarkable thing that has happened through God in Christ Jesus and in our lives through Christ Jesus. The impact that that resurrection and the, and the all of Jesus, the impact of all of what Jesus represents to us. Uh, what that has in our life when we take the power of the Spirit uh, seriously and we take the life of Jesus seriously. We, we want to have it be uh, a big glorious thing that happens upon us, but we also want to take a moment to look at some of the particulars that are involved in this because in those particulars are opportunities for us to gain insight and to grow. And so one of the particulars that I wanted to uh, have us focus on was the, what you might call the character traits of Jesus. What was Jesus like as this person? Because as that person, Jesus is thought to have been the incarnation of God among us. So spending some time to think about whether Jesus liked tacos or burritos or whether he was just all shawarma, 
well, maybe that's not that important. Um, but I did have someone say to me once, you know, did Jesus eat just fish or did he, was he a vegetarian? Because really, if, if Jesus is the beginning and the end, and back in the beginning in Eden, um, there was no eating and killing of meat and all, then maybe Jesus was a vegetarian. And I thought, you know, I want to do easier sermons than that. Uh, good question. Uh, I Read Genesis again and let me hear from you later. Um, there are particulars about Jesus, though, but maybe not whether he's a vegetarian or a carnivore that's important to us, but maybe that's important to you. There are particulars about Jesus that uh, are important. And we look to those particulars because we see in Jesus this incarnation of God, and so we see in Jesus a modeling of human life that we think, if we follow, will draw us closer to God. That in Jesus, God has become closer to us and through Jesus, we might become closer to God. This is foundational to our faith, is it not? And so we, we look at Jesus and, and we say, not only just what did he teach, but how was he? How be he? What did he do? How did he exist? Spent some time last week talking about the character trait of truthfulness. that, guess what, Jesus was truthful. He didn't lie, period, period. I encouraged us to try to take that to heart, that that was a model for us to be a non-lying kind of person, that we should adopt that as a, as a way to be with one another, not just as an occasional ethic, but as a basic fundamental characteristic of who we are. Nowadays, that is most important because there is a great deal of conversation about what seems to be true. And so in our society and in our community and maybe even in our church, it's gonna be very important for us to strive to talk about what is true. And to see this as a religious duty on our part as followers of Jesus to be candid and truthful. Jesus said the truth will set us free and we trust in that, that actually we will be freer children of God if we are truthful children of God. Well, I do have a sermon for this week, so I won't just keep repeating last week. This week I thought, well, what, what is another character trait 
of Jesus. And I thought about it for a while, and, and what I came up with was that Jesus was a follower of the law's spirit over its letter. And I think that's worthy of our attention and our emulation. So let's dig into that and what I might mean by that and what we see uh, portrayed by Jesus, modeled for us by this sentiment. Law's spirit over its letter. So first off, I want to recognize the, the scope of this observation about Jesus and how he went about his life, his teachings, his healings. Jesus was not against the law. I want to state that straight off to um, make sure we're not misunderstanding Jesus. Jesus wasn't an anarchist. He wasn't a, a libertine who was against social structure or, or against the law of Jewish faith. Let's recall a, a passage. It, it comes soon after the Beatitudes in Matthew in which, in which he makes this clear for us. He's remembered as saying, do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now there's a lot of nuanced things that we can dig into that, but in the general, this is really pretty direct. And it underscores that Jesus held the law in high esteem. And he saw in the law a method of helping us all live the lives that God intended for us. The law's value for us would remain until the end of time when, when God's will and our lives are one and we all are fully righteous and fully holy. And until then, Jesus is remembers as asserting that the law gives us guidance that we should heed. It will help us. Now, I imagine that statement that we just thought about was in the scriptures because Jesus was recorded and promoted in the Gospels of having a certain kind of disregard for the law. Can you think of examples? He ate with sinners. He forgave sinners not only against the law, but against the whole faith that somebody in his position would think that he could forgive sinners. 
He interacted with lepers. I'm not supposed to do that. He conversed with women. Ha! Imagine that. Even empowered them to come and listen to him and be a part of his movement. <laughs> Who would have thought? He healed on the Sabbath. Remember that? That's a big no-no. He did things that were understood as work on the Sabbath. Feeding his disciples. Well, healing was a, a kind of work. I mentioned these with a little levity, but you know, they're not funny things. These are rules that you are supposed to obey if you are to be a good follower of Yahweh. And Jesus, mm, he was listening to something else. Something else had gotten his attention about the law than these particular acts. Some other examples might come to mind for you of how some of Jesus' actions or teachings were challenges to the law. Jesus was not a scoff law. And he did not encourage other people to take the law lightly. He didn't see himself as anti-law, but rather as fulfilling the law. And that's what's key for us. That's where we want to draw our focus and see what Jesus is up to. What is this fulfilling of the law business? The weak the conflicted, the uncertain, the compromised, those who sinned and violated the law, Jesus seemed to have a sympathy for these folk. We see him encountering them, forgiving their sins, telling them to go and sin no more, Sending them on their way, renewed in their lives. As scripture said, the physician came to heal the sick. So ponder for a second. What good is a physician that is just, just going to diagnose how sick you are and then does nothing about it to help you out. Or one who energetically seeks health himself while cajoling you to simply and somehow measure up to his example of being healthy. Being the good physician, Jesus responded to the sin sick and to the weary worn. Maybe some of us right here would characterize ourselves that way. Jesus responded to us, even if it ran counter to the traditions and to the rules of his day and of how his faith was understood in that day. 
healing. The extension of forgiving grace and mercy and the healing that it brought to the soul and to the body was more important to Jesus than the following rigidly of the rules. The spirit of the law rather than the rule of the law was more important to Jesus. Now, as a result, there was a whole group of people who got on Jesus' nerves. It was the folk who did not think they were really sinful. The folk who were indeed sick but ignored it or hid it or even didn't notice it about themselves. And worse of all among these were the people who thought they were super holy and super righteous because they were following the particulars of the law. Yet in Jesus' eyes, they were missing the whole point of the law. One of today's passages states these folk would tithe mint, dill, cumin, yet ignore the more important aspects of the law, like justice and mercy. They obeyed the jot and the tittle, as the saying goes, the jot and the tittle of the law, yet ignored its deeper meaning and its spirit. In our language, they valued form over substance, appearance over reality. Jesus was deeply saddened by these folk since they, they feigned the faith but they lost sight of the goal of the faith. For Jesus, there was a spirit undergirding the law that animated and justified it, and it is also so for us. It was this spirit that we were to seek to encounter, we want to seek to encounter and we want to embody in our lives this deeper spirit of the law, this deeper spirit of the traditions, of the rules of faith, of the ordinances, of all of those things that are out there that we're supposed to be doing, we think. Why are we doing any of that stuff? Because if we've got our heads screwed on right, it helps lead us in the right path towards holiness. If we're thinking that just those judgments and those behaviors are going to get us holy, uh-oh, we've missed something. It was the spirit that we seek, we seek, 
to grab hold to and emulate. The law, the rules, the tradition of faith are constructed to guide us to that spirit, to facilitate us encountering that spirit and being impacted then by that spirit. So as all of us know here in worship, the only way really to please God and to connect to the spirit is with organ, music, and a choir. And when that choir does not sing in four-part harmony, it's a little dicey. We're not certain. Well, maybe, maybe we'll connect, but maybe we won't. We're hopeful, though. We, we come with hope with that. This is a tradition of ours. It is to facilitate our encountering God's spirit and being whacked over the head by it. Being brought up short and directed in a way to be more holy and righteous. Now some folk think that we ought to get rid of all of you. Well, not get rid of you, but just get you out of your robes and get you here in the sanctuary and not sing at all because the quiet is really the only way to connect to God. God love them. I hope that works for them. I'm going to take a choir with an organ. That works for me. What is the rule of how you are to adore God? Is it organ and choir? Is it silence? Is it sacraments every week? Sacraments every day? If it's good enough for once a month, it'll be good enough for every week. If it's good enough for every week, gosh, we ought to do it every day. If we do it every day, we ought to do it three times a day. What's enough? What's the rule? What's the spirit of the sacraments? How do I live into the spirit of the sacraments? Well, you get where I'm driving at, right? Observing the Sabbath is a key attribute to our spiritual maturity. We need to do this to help ourselves mature spiritually. It's a worship of God. We are healthier people when we worship the transcendent. We're better people to each other when we gather with one another in the spirit of love. Sabbath observance is important to our spiritual well-being. Yet, as, as Jesus said, observing the Sabbath at the expense of someone dying or someone staying stuck at the bottom of a well for 36, 24 hours. Somebody remaining ill where the action you could take at that moment would heal that person. Or someone going hungry. Or someone remaining vulnerable to abuse. The observance of the Sabbath in circumstances like that. Well, 
Jesus would have us meet the need and lift that up as our worship of God. We'd be missing the point if we let the person die while we worshiped. That's what Jesus said. And I think it applies to us today. Attending worship and then going off and blithely or energetically sinning is is not the way we're supposed to be doing this thing called discipleship of Jesus. Think about it. What's the good of welcoming the Prince of Peace, and isn't it fun on Christmas Eve what we do and what churches have done for centuries, little nativities and tableaus and all of that, and and even thinking about it, your heart goes, oh, right? What's the worth of that, of the cows at Christmas if we're going out and killing each other at New Year's? That's a harsh contrast, but it draws the contrast, doesn't it? As Jesus taught us, the value of loving those who love you, well, maybe that's not as powerful as the value of loving those who don't. Remember that quote of his? And what's the value of praying over someone while you let them go hungry and starve? And Jesus said, well, you don't quite have that right either, right? I pray the Lord's Prayer at least, at least once a day, quite honestly, I do. And I think it's good that I do. I think it's really good that I do. Yet it probably means very little to me. It probably impacts me very little if I don't pay attention to what I'm saying in that prayer and if I don't mean what I'm saying in that prayer. What do you think? Do you think just saying it has a mojo and you're okay? Or do you think... um, I think you kind of need to mean what you're saying. But maybe I'm wrong, but I think so. The widow's might, we're told, was an exemplar illustration of stewardship. She gave all that she had, Jesus says in this story about her. A tremendous act of stewardship. Yet a billionaire's donation of a million dollars would go a whole lot further in our budget, wouldn't it? But if you look at it from a stewardship point of view, what's the value of that million-dollar gift from that billionaire versus the might from the widow? Who's got the spirit? Who's going through 
behaviors, form. When we say we are welcoming of all and open to including all, then we need to actually, actually we need to be, we need actually to be friendly to all, right? We need to be interested in the lives of all. We need to include them in the social fabric in which we are a part, this all, part of our community. If we don't, are we living into the spirit of the invitation of Christ to all? Jesus shows us the way. That's the cool thing about Jesus is that you can read those gospels and you can get a human kind of calibration of what it looks like to be led by the Spirit, to include the all, to heal, to love, to be merciful, to be forgiving, to be empowering, to grab hold of the Spirit of the law. So, at the risk of having you all go breaking all the rules, I want to advise you not to be too rigid don't be too rigid about the rules. Discern the purpose and the goal of those rules. And go after that. Go after why it is we have the rule. What it is that informs the tradition, the pattern. Live into that and help others to live into that as well. Live into the spirit. Bring the rule of law around with you because it's good for the spirit if it doesn't dominate and deaden the spirit. Amen. invited to share of your financial resources as the ushers come forth or for those viewing from home you may participate via the instructions that will appear on the screen your support helps with the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation your generosity is needed and appreciated so please give generously and be a part of all the wonderful things that happen at the United Methodist Church Westlake Village
Let us pray. Holy God, we ask that you bless these gifts and all of you have given them. That our ministries and your son's spirit might thrive, helping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. big picture. Stay safe, be healthy, know that you are loved. We go in God's spirit, seeking peace and justice, trying to let love lead in all we think, say, and do. Be a witness to the love of God and let God's grace overflow your life. Amen. Amen. Amen.